0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: If you've been with us, you know 2 Samuel is a book about David's forty-year reign as king. He reigned seven and a half years in Hebron and thirty-three years in Jerusalem. Second Samuel divides nicely into three main sections. We've talked about this. We've gone over this. Chapters one through ten. We talk about we find David's triumphs. In chapters eleven through twelve, we find David's trials, and in chapters. 13 through 24, we find David's troubles. Chapters 1 through 10, David's triumphs. Chapters 11 through 12, David's trials. Chapters 13 through 24, David's troubles. The book divides nicely into three uh, sections. Um, We are currently in the first uh, section. I told you in the Old Testament that there are more chapters dedicated to the life and the ministry of King David than any other Old Testament character. David is mentioned more than a thousand times in the Bible. As we move through Second Samuel, we see David the man. We see his flaws. We see his failures. We see his repentance. We see... Uh, His humanity, we see the man after God's own heart. Now, if you were with us in chapter 1, you know that David mourned over Saul and Jonathan, and he wrote the Song of the Bow. The Song of the Bow is Hebrew poetry, um, a lamentation, a mourning over the death of Saul and Jonathan. In chapter 2, David is becoming the king that God has called him to be, as David was told by God to go to Hebron. I told you that Hebron, if you don't have it written down, write it down. I told you that Hebron means communion. It means union, communion. And David was anointed in chapter 2, king in Judah in Hebron. And this anointing was 20 years after the prophet Sammy anointed him in the house of Jesse. Chapter three gives us a sketch of David in Hebron with six wives and six sons. David's sons are Ammon, Chileab, Absalom, Adonijah, Shephatiah, and Ithream. First Chronicles chapter three verse nineteen. This is your homework if you like. First Chronicles three nineteen tells us in Jerusalem, David had eleven more children. David had eleven more children. Actually, it lists for us 11 more children. But when you look there, it says 11 additional children, um, not counting the children that he had with his concubines. So David had a lot of kids. That's what I said when I read it. I went, "Woo!" We know from scripture David had 19 kids. So David actually was the first Duggar family. 19 and count. There was David. See, nothing new under the sun is what I'm trying to tell y'all. There's nothing new under the sun that they be getting this stuff from the Bible. It's already in the scripture. 19 and counting. they didn't come up with that. God did. Somebody say amen. God did. Chapter 3. You know, if you were with me, there was a civil war between the house of Saul north and the house of David in the south. Chapter 3, verse 27, Joab killed Abner and stabbed him under the fifth rib. Chapter 4, the last time we were together, right about verse 1, look at chapter 4, verse 1. Um, Ishbosheth, uh, Saul's son, heard that Abner. Uh, was dead and, and look at uh, just uh, peruse in chapter 4 there heard that Abner was dead and he lost heart because Abner was his military strength and now he's weak and he knows he can't maintain the kingdom against David without Abner. So Ishbosheth knew his days of reigning were almost over. Well, the last time we were together, we met Bana and Rekab. Bana and Rekab went to Ishbosheth's house in the middle of the day. Look at verse 6 of chapter 4. These guys walk in his house. They see Ishbosheth laying on the bed. Keep going with me. In 6, 7, 8, 9, laying on the bed, and they stab him in the stomach. Under the fifth rib, under the fifth rib is a typical death blow to the heart. Bana and Rechab were the children of Benjamin. I tell you that because Ishbosheth also was a Benjamite, and that means Ishbosheth was murdered by his family. Nice family. well, after they killed Ishbosheth, then they took off running and they ran all night. Holding Ishbosheth's head. This is where we left off last time. In this wonderful, beautiful, lovely tale, as these men are running through the field with Ishbosheth's head, and they get to David, and they said, David, behold, here's his head. And I, I get the impression they just kind of went, David, here, behold. <laughs> David went, uh, I'll put that thing in the refrigerator. I mean, you know, because David, you know, for us, that would be shocking, wouldn't it? But for David, it wasn't shocking because remember, he actually walked around. We get the impression for uh, at least a day with Goliath's head. So he wasn't really shocked when they showed up with a head. He's like, put that thing in the refrigerator. I mean, he's seen it before. no, No big shocker to him. And so... Uh, we left off there uh, the last time, and they, they, they thought, uh, Rechab and um, Bana. they thought that David was going to be happy. But look at verse 8: they said, Here's the head of Ishbosheth, your enemy. They said, the Lord has avenged my lord the king, assuming God and David approved of what they did. Look at verse 12 of chapter 4. David commanded them to be executed. David said, cut off their heads and their hands and their feet. And they cut off their hands and their feet because that's what they used to commit this murder. They took Ishbosheth's torso and they hung it by the pool in Hebron. And they took the head of Ishbosheth, and they buried it in the tomb of Abner in Hebron. That's where we left off. Saints, we pick up in 2 Samuel chapter 5, and uh, we pick up in verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say amen. amen. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron, spoke and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. Also in time past, when Saul was king over us, You were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, David, you shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed, underline it in your Bible, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned how many years, saints? 40. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah how many years? Seven and a half. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah. Saints, let's stop right there. Give me your attention. Verse 1 begins. This is interesting. Look at verse 1. Verse 1 begins with, then then the word then this is a long period of time then brings us to when david is about 37 years old then is 20 years after samuel first came to david's house looking for the lord's anointed and he goes through all of jesse's boys and he finds david and he anoints him with oil you know the story that was 20 years ago but in god's mind listen David was king at that moment. That was 20 years ago for them, but in God's mind, David was king at that moment. He wasn't the king that he was going to be, but the king that God was molding him to be. So God sums up those 20 years with then. And God does that in our lives too. Listen, in your life, then is that day that God has been waiting for. Then comes the day that you give your life to Christ. Then comes the time that you truly surrender to the Lord. Then comes the moment that God sends you into ministry. Then comes the time when you walk in the path that God knew you would walk in from the foundation of the world. Then God takes us to his own seminary and changes us and prepares us and sends us. There's a then in all of our lives. There's a then in all of our lives. God says, then, then, look at verse 1, all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. And then all the tribes came to David. Note that. All the tribes came to David. David didn't go to them. David is not out campaigning and trying to round them up, trying to round up all the tribes. He's not doing that. Notice it says, they came to him out of nowhere, they come to David. That tells us, listen, that this is something that God is doing, not David. I've always said this, here's a key to know when or if not, God is moving. When something comes to you that you have not in any way, shape, or form orchestrated it, then you know that's the Lord because that's God doing it. But if you've been setting stuff up, yeah, I'm talking to you. If you've been setting stuff up and trying to work this and work that and do a little bit of this and lay a little bit of it and, you know, sending out little letters about your ministry, and somebody calls you up and you go, "Oh man, I got a God, God gave me the opportunity to do ministry." No, he didn't. You gave you the opportunity to do ministry. See, God does things, he just does them. You know, it's almost when like we were talking about it on Sunday when God called me to, from from the West Coast to the East Coast. I was serving the Lord, just doing what God appointed me to do and called me to do and I had a then moment God interrupted my life. And God called me here. I had nothing to do with it. I wasn't out campaigning. I told you, I didn't even know where Raleigh was. I never, I I didn't even know anything about Raleigh. I didn't know anything about the South. But God was doing it. David, we know that God is doing this because it's out of nowhere. This is something God is doing. And get this, this is the first time that all the tribes are together since Joshua. This is the first time. And you'll see, we have a lot of people here. You'll see. I'll tell you and I'll show you in a minute. But this is the first time that all the tribes are together since Joshua so Israel is acknowledging David as king without David's efforts without David's help he's not sweating he's not working they they said David your family your bone of our bone David you're the one that God has called look at verse 2 they said David in the past when Saul was king you were the one who led us out and brought us in and the Lord said to you you shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel there's saying, David, you were our leader, even while Saul was living. Look at verse 3. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron. And note this, they anointed David king over Israel. Now, you got your pen? Write this down. This is the third anointing of David in Samuel. This is the third anointing. The first anointing is when he was 15, 17 years old. You know your Bibles, don't you, students? When he was 15 or 17 years old, Prophet Sammy comes in and says, you know, uh, where, where, where's, the, where's the next king of Israel? And he's going through Jesse's sons, and, and, and nope, not him, not him, not him. You got anybody else? Oh, we got a little son. He's a little ruddy kid, little redhead, little ruddy kid out there hanging with the sheep. Samuel said, bring him in, and they brought David in, and Samuel poured a bucket of oil over him. Can, can you imagine that? Like you're, you're like just come in from hanging out with the sheep, and all of a sudden this guy says, you know what? You're the king, and he just pours a bucket. of I mean, see, when we anoint with oil, we take a little dab. Like if you come to me for anointing i got a little, a little bit of oil right here. Or I, had, I had some. I usually keep some oil right here. It's a little thingy. And I anoint you with oil. And it depends on it. If you're really sick, I might take a lot and make, put a cross on your forehead. If it's really serious. <laughs> if what it is is really serious, I, I might put a lot. No, just. But in the Bible, when you were anointed, you were soaked. You needed a towel after they anointed you. They poured a bucket of oil over his head. That was his first anointing when he was about 15 or 17 years old. The second anointing is in 2 Samuel chapter 2. All the men of Judah came and anointed him king in Hebron. And now all the nations come and they anoint him king. First Chronicles chapter 12 tells us what happened when they came to anoint David. Listen, I want you to keep your finger here with me. Okay, we're going to make enough time. Look, keep your finger here with me and go with me to 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles. So you got 2 Samuel, right? 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. If you go to 2 Chronicles, you've gone too far. Come back. Go to 1 Chron- first Chronicles chapter 12. 1 first, first Chronicles chapter 12. I want you to see what happened when they anointed David as king. I just enjoy reading this section. I thought, well, you might too. Look at uh, chapter 12 in verse 23. Look what happened. As a matter of fact, some of your margins, uh, your headings might say David's army at Hebron. So here David is standing there and, and 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 they're anointing him with oil, and, and here is his army. Look at this. Now, these were the numbers. Look at verse 23. You looking at it? See, I'm looking at it. Now, these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war and came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. Of the sons of Judah, bearing a shield and spear, 6,600 armed for war. Of the sons of Simeon, mighty men of valor, fit for war, 7,100. Of the sons of Levi, Levi, Uh, 4,600. Jehoiada, the leader of the Aaronites, and with him, 3,700. Zadok, a young man, a valiant warrior, and from his father's house, Twenty-two captains. Of the sons of Benjamin, relatives of Saul, three thousand. Until then, the greatest part of them had remained loyal to the house of Saul. Of the sons of Ephraim. Remember, they've come together now as a nation and as one army. Because there was civil war. There was division. So now they're coming together as a nation of people. Of the sons of Ephraim. 20,800 mighty men of valor, famous men throughout their father's house. Of the half-tribe of Manasseh, 18,000 who were designated by name to come and make David king. Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times. Don't you love that? Who had understanding of the times. God, we need understanding of the times who had understanding, understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their command of Zebulun. There were 50,000 who went out to battle, expert in war with all weapons of war, stout-hearted men who could keep rank, of Naphtali, 1,000 captains, And with them, 37,000 with shield and spear. Of the Danites who could keep a battle formation, 28,600. Of Asher, those who could go out to war, able to keep battle formation, 40,000. Of the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Anasa from the other side of the Jordan, 120,000 armed for battle with every kind of weapon of war all these men of war who could keep rank came to Hebron with a loyal heart to make David king over all Israel. And all the rest of Israel were of one mind to make David king. And they were there with David three days, eating and drinking, for their brethren had prepared for them. Man, that's a lot of people. Who was paying that bill? (laughs) Eating and drinking. For their brothers have prepared for them. Moreover, those who were near to them from as far away as Issachar and Zebulun and Naphtali were bringing food on donkeys and camels, on mules and on oxen, provisions of flowers and cakes of figs and cakes of raisins, wine and oil and oxen and sheep abundantly. For there was joy in Israel. Listen, that is a big army. If When you total up that number, it's somewhere around, I, 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 if I did the math right, and I'm not good at math, okay, but if I did the math right, it's probably about 340,000 warriors. 340,000 warriors came to Hebron from all over the country to acknowledge David and anoint him as their legitimate king. Go back to 2 Samuel with me and look at verse 4. David, the Bible tells us in verse 4, was about 30, was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for, for 40 years. So David reigned as king till he was 70 years old. Verse 5, he reigned over Judah in Hebron seven and a half years. He reigned in Jerusalem over Israel and Judah, 33 years. And you know, some people, listen to me, some people are really into uh, numerology and they're into like, you know, um, the number seven represents completeness. Y'all you know people like that. The number seven represents completeness and the number eight represents new beginnings and the number three represents the Trinity and all these things. And, and I'm not so much a numbers guy. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how much validity, and I'm, I honestly don't know the history of that, and I certainly do know that I don't really believe it's biblical. I don't see it in the Bible. I'm not a numbers guy, although uh, we do see uh, some consistencies, and I'll say it like that, some consistencies in Scripture regarding numbers. For example, 30. Uh, we know from Scripture this number 30 is a significant number because Joseph was 30 when he stood before Pharaoh. Um, Jesus was 30 years old when he began his earthly ministry. Um, here in our text, the Bible tells us that David is 30 when he began his ministry. I want you to look at verse six. Let's read on. Look at verse six. Uh, and the king in verse six, you're looking at it. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land who spoke to David saying, you shall not come in here. But the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. Underline verse 7, I'll tell you why in a minute. Now David said "Said on that day, Whoever climbs up by the way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, the lame and the blind who are hated by David's soul, he shall be chief and captain, therefore... Say, the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. Then David dwelt in the stronghold, and he called it the city of David. And David built all around the Milo and inward. So David went on and became great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. And then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David, and cedar trees, and carpenters, and masons, and they built David a house. And so David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel, and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem, after he had come from Hebron. Also more sons and daughters were born to David. Now these are the names of those who are born to him in Jerusalem, and those are the names. Stop right there and give me <laughs> I don't feel like that. And give me your attention. Verse six is an awesome statement. Look at it again. The Bible tells us the king and his men went to Jerusalem. Think about it. The king and his three hundred and forty thousand men went to Jerusalem. Think about that. 300,000 warriors went to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was on the central ridge of the Jerusalem mountains. It was the heart of the land and the most strategic place in the land. You know, whenever I think of uh, Jerusalem, um, having been there many, many times, um, and encourage you to go, it is a beautiful city. Um, It is a beautiful city on a hill just like the Bible says. One of my favorite verses is in Psalm 125, and it says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.